The views and opinions on the following program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Oldies 1079, WOLD, or SRN Communications. It's time now for Here's the Thing, a show that's all about you with your host, Lauren Cardinal, a board-certified hypnotist and results coach. If you're looking to make a positive change this year, learn lifelong tools to reduce stress and be present. If you're stuck and need to remove the blocks that are from success and happiness in the areas of your life, or if you want to get a new perspective on things, well, it's time to talk to Lauren Cardinal. To talk to Lauren, call 732 748 1079. That's 732 748 1079. And now, here's your host, Lauren Cardinal. Hello, and thank you for joining me. This is Here's the Thing. I'm Lauren Cardinal, your host. If you missed the intro, I'm a board certified hypnotherapist and certified life coach. I help my clients jump back into their lives. So, hello and welcome. Thank you for joining me on this Memorial Day. 2017. Hope you're all enjoying some barbecues out there. Tonight's show is about getting cozier with conflict. We all have it. Many of us avoid it. And if you'd like to get some coaching about a conflict you have or are avoiding in your life, please call. The lines are open 732 748 1079. Feel free to call in any time with a question. If you listened to the show previously, you may have heard that what, I, what usually happens is that I talk for a bit and then take calls. But if I say something and it hits a point with you, just pick up the phone and call in. I can easily stop to take your call. Now, in last week's show, I asked the question, are you already hypnotized? Because here's the thing. There are so many things we've come to believe over time. And if you're committed to serving negative beliefs, the junk in our trunks, then it's like you've been hypnotized. These false beliefs you adopted somewhere along the way in your life, most likely when you were between the ages of 8 and 12, you adopted these beliefs perhaps without realizing it until you got stuck and couldn't figure out why. We adopt these blocking and false beliefs by way of authority figures, parents, teachers, loved ones, by repetition, by experiencing an emotional event, or by, by what your peers have said. And they can prevent you from being your best, most authentic, and healthy self. Last week's show was about learning the truth and the myths about hypnosis, and all of the many, limitless actually, uses for hypnosis. If you change your thoughts, you can change your body, and you can change your life. If you'd like to listen to that show, or any of the prior shows, you can find the podcasts on my website, www.laurencardinal.com. And tonight's show is brought to you by North Star Asset Management, investment advisors located in Panther Valley with over 30 years of investment experience. You can check them out online at www.nstarinvest.com. 
They've been helping people create long-term success with their financial plans by choosing the appropriate withdrawal rate for over 30 years. If you're at a distance from their location and aren't sure of whether or not you're in their service area, you can just reach out, find them online. They may be able to come to you. For more information, call 908-850-9991. That's 908-850-9991. Again, you can find them online at www.nstarinvest.com. Now, since I like my shows to be in service to you, I also want to ask what you would like to hear about in one of the shows. Because here's the thing, this is about you. So what do you want to talk about? What would help you more in your life? Recently, I've had suggestions or requests to discuss worthiness, how to gather and own more worthiness. I've also had a topic brought up about saying no to family without feeling guilt. In that particular case, it was with uh, a family member who was getting on in age and how to divide the responsibilities among the family. And oftentimes it's the one closest in proximity that can end up taking or, or bearing the load. And in that particular case, that was the instance. And how does that individual say no and be okay with it? So that's a topic that was brought up for discussion. I've also had a request to discuss how to deal with difficult people. I've also been planning shows in my head on the topic of introvert versus extrovert and a show about whether you want your dreams or your drama, because we often are attached to our drama and often have to give that up in order to pursue those dreams. So please drop a line. Let me know what resonates with you. You can email me at the show, woldradio.com. My email, which is lauren at laurencardinal.com. You can send in a note through my website, or even call my direct line, 973-418-2170. I'd love to hear from you. Let's talk about what's important to you. And upcoming events for me. We just finished the third week of four in the first series of group sessions for my summer slim down. And I'm very excited to get ready to start the next series of group sessions beginning on June 7th. I'm offering a block of four weekly sessions from June 7th through June 28th, four weeks of productive groups, group hypnosis sessions. As I've mentioned, there's a new CD that comes every week with that session to keep the positive momentum going. It's an opportunity to change your behaviors, stop your cravings, get back in control, get healthier, and feel great. It's about changing the way you think, changing the way you feel, changing the way you behave so you can get the results you're seeking. If you'd like to participate, please reach out. I have a few spaces available for the June session. If you can't make it in person, the CDs are available as well. 973-418-2170 is my direct line, or you can email me. Again, it's lauren at laurencardinal.com. 
Great. So let's get back on topic and back to the show. We're talking about getting cozier with conflict, perhaps finding just a little more comfort in the discomfort of it all. We all deal with conflict, sometimes on a daily basis. It can eat away at our energy, but more so while we think and stew about it. For those times that we actually move forward with it, I think we often find it wasn't as difficult as we made it out to be in our heads. This show is about the opportunity to identify what needs to be addressed and create a strategy that's authentic to you for doing just that. Addressing what needs to be addressed so you can have a little more freedom. Freedom in your thinking, freedom in your emotions, and freedom from what's weighing you down. And if you're just joining me, you're listening to Here's the Thing. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal. And tonight we're talking about finding more comfort in the discomfort of, free, of conflict. If you'd like to call in for some coaching around this topic, you can reach me at 732-748-1079. The discomfort of conflict, this can be a doozy for some people. And I'm going to be honest with you because this is something that really seems to activate a lot of people, this topic around conflict avoidance. I've lived a lot of my life avoiding conflict, being conflict-phobic, let's say. It's really only in the last several years that I've been able to get cozier with conflict because I've practiced it. Once I started, I realized that it often turns out to be easier than I thought it would be. I was creating these situations in my head of how it was going to go, preparing for battle, right? Get things lined up in my head, the arguments and Oftentimes, as soon as I would approach a subject, it would just fizzle out. It was much easier to handle that way. And it was an opportunity for me to state what I'm feeling and possibly, if necessary, make a request about it. When I started coaching about 11 years ago, I learned this about myself, this avoidance of conflict that I had. So it wasn't something that I've known forever. I just came upon it, realized this. And I also realized that if I'm going to be coaching people, I really should walk my talk. So I began identifying where and when this came up for me and forged ahead with the learning. Conflict can be uncomfortable, but it's necessary for our personal growth, for growth. So many of us really avoid conflict and choose to acquiesce to someone else's desires rather than pursuing our own. And this can be incredibly detrimental to our own health, our own happiness, and our relationships. Because if we're avoiding conflict, we're not bringing the truth of who we are. And if we're not bringing the truth of who we are, intimacy isn't possible. 
So conflict, conflict exists whether we decide to acknowledge it or avoid it. But by finding some, a little bit of comfort even, as I'm suggesting, you're able to fuel change. So I want to explore today the ways in which we are able to have our discomfort around conflict reframed so that it can become a powerful guide from within us. And that discomfort that we feel, well, let's just say the conflict, when we note a conflict, there's a certain place in our bodies that we feel that. We also feel the discomfort somewhere in our bodies. And as I often do, I would ask, when you notice that conflict, where do you feel it in your body? And the importance of that is understanding yourself because as that feeling comes up for you in your body, you can more readily identify it and that awareness allows you to take action or at least process it quickly or at least a little bit quicker than you had in the past. So if this is ringing a bell for you, if this is landing for you, I'd love to talk to you, and we can do some coaching around it. If you can't get through today, please reach out to me off the air, either by phone or email, because getting some coaching around this, the idea of conflict, resolving and being okay with resolving conflict, can really be a life changer. It helps us take back some of our power, and that creates more of a feeling of freedom. And freedom feels pretty good. You know, here's the thing. If you're listening and you're not quite sure what's going on here about this idea of finding comfort and discomfort around conflict, this conflict thing, I want you to ask yourself these questions. Are you afraid that standing in your truth, standing up for yourself will isolate you from others? Do you feel that family or friends are holding you back in any way? Is the fear and discomfort of disappointing others keeping you from living in alignment with your desires? An example might be, how often do you go with the flow with something you really don't want to do? And we all do this sometimes. It's not to negate that because that's also about giving sometimes here and there. I get it. But have you been avoiding setting boundaries with someone you love because you're afraid of conflict? Do you continue to do it all because asking for help would be too uncomfortable or you would feel less than? Do you avoid asking for help? Have you answered yes to any of these, then this is a conversation for you. Because what happens is that when we avoid conflict, we're essentially packaging ourselves to be more digestible to others. How's that for a metaphor? We're actually living in reaction to others 
instead of from our authentic selves. And if we do this over time, we can begin to lose ourselves to the point that we don't even know what we want anymore or know who we are anymore. I remember caller in the past when this was the case. And it's really not too difficult to imagine at all, right? There's so many of us that are right on the cusp. And sometimes that in and of itself packs enough fear that it keeps us right where we are, not moving, not changing. I mean, if we don't even know who we are, yikes, right? When you think about, when you think about the things that you love to do, the things that make you happy, the things you identify with, the times when you felt freer. Notice how far back you have to go to find that part of yourself. Sometimes we get surprised thinking, oh, wow, boy, when I felt like that, when I felt like I really knew who I was and I felt confident and sure and free, that was 20 years ago. Notice how far back you have to go to identify that for yourself. Because this is really about taking a stand to no longer allow our old and outdated commitments to people-pleasing and external validation and approval. Taking a stand to not allow those to override our commitments to our own truth and authenticity. Because here's the thing, you don't owe anyone the disallowing or disowning of who you are. And I'll say that again, you don't owe anyone the denial of who you are. It's like we're rejecting ourselves, and possibly for the sake of others, putting their importance before yours. And the two can exist together. And this may be about strengthening our courage muscles, and our courage muscles grow stronger every time that we speak our truth. I know it. I experienced it. I practiced it. It's also about confidence and self-worth. When I mention those things, what hit home, hits home for you? Is it courage, confidence, self-worth? It's really, ultimately, time here to liberate yourself instead of rescuing everyone else. So that's really what we're exploring. I kind of love to talk to you about this. I know that it's a prickly conversation, this idea of getting comfortable with conflict. We have to trust that the relationships that we're in are strong enough and solid enough and have the integrity to hold our differences. So we have to trust that there's room in our relationships for the fullness of who we are and room for the fullness of who they are as well. Otherwise, it's not really a relationship, right? Let's think about that for a minute. And again, you're listening to Here's the Thing. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal board-certified hypnotist and results coach, and we're talking about finding comfort in the discomfort of conflict. 
If you'd like to call in to get coaching around this, the number to call is 732-748-1079. This is a difficult topic. Sometimes we need a lot of help. Inching your way into being open about conflict. And it might not take much for you to clamp down again. Part of it is really being able to trust yourself in a way that you possibly haven't before. And this is what happens when we're avoiding conflict or fearing the confrontation. It's still the way we're driven by that external validation and external approval. And what I want to support is being able to come to the place where you approve of you. So you're not denying yourself in order to keep the peace or in order to make sure someone else isn't upset. Make sense? And of course, we can't control other people. So obviously, other people are in charge of their own responses. And making someone upset may not be the right word choice because we can't make anybody else feel anything. But the idea of avoiding conflict to reduce the opportunity for that, to keep things smooth, and identifying what you're giving up in yourself in order to keep that smooth. And sometimes it's an easy thing. Sometimes it's easy to give up, to keep things smooth. And it might be a small thing, but those bigger things, you'll know it. You do know it. You feel it. You feel it somewhere in your body when that happens, when you're giving up of yourself and you're sacrificing, but not from a place of the giving, because giving is okay. Giving feels good. It's that other kind where you're giving up of yourself, where a boundary might be crossed, where you are allowing somebody else's needs above, your, above yours. And conflict is a part of life and a part of relationships. I don't know of anyone who lives a conflict-free life. People live conflict-avoiding lives, but that's different. The truth of the matter is, especially if we're in intimate relationships and with that other person all of the time, things get activated. So part of this is being able to take responsibility for our part of the equation. I believe it's Wyatt Webb who said, we are 100% responsible for 50% of every relationship. So we have to come in taking full responsibility for our place. And that means not pointing a finger, not casting blame. That can be tough to do. We have to realize the places in which we're enabling. Realizing the places in which we're not showing up fully. And what happens is that as we grow, we learn to disown aspects of ourselves. 
We talked about that last week, and I think even the week before, the things that we don't want to deal with, we kind of push away, trying to disown them. We disown the light and the dark, but for now, we're just talking about that, the dark. We disown the parts of ourselves that we don't want to be. We disown the qualities we don't want to have. So we tend to become very righteous and defiant around, I am not that. And yet, since our relationships are our greatest teachers, we will draw towards us people who will activate those very qualities. Like a big joke, right? In other words, we will draw towards us the people who will trigger us the most. And we will find ourselves in relationships with the people who trigger us the most. And it's uncanny, right? We'll keep drawing these people. We'll, we, will, we will keep drawing in those people that represent that quality or a certain quality that we don't particularly care for until we process the learning from it. Do you ever find yourself asking why the same type of person or the same behavior keeps showing up in your life? It's the opportunity for a lesson, a learning. And I think the irony is that once the learning takes place and you feel like you're ready to deal with that type of person or that behavior now, suddenly, or somewhat suddenly, they just don't appear in your life anymore. They're all ready. You can handle it. But because the lesson and the learning is there, they just don't show up. The behavior doesn't show up. But when these people or behaviors do appear, what's happening is that their behavior is triggering us so that we can locate, and this is the gift of it, just hear me out here, so that we can locate the quality underneath it. And then we have the opportunity to look for where the quality exists within us. There is no quality that we see in another that does not exist within us. There's a coaching phrase, and maybe you've even heard of it outside of coaching. If you spot it, you got it. The importance is that the behavior is different. The way it expresses itself is different. And before I get on to the next subject, I think we're coming up on a break, so we'll just take a, a quick break, and we'll be, we'll be right back to talk a little bit more about those qualities and behaviors we want to disown. Be right back. For those of you who are retired or close to it, have you taken the time to conduct a safe withdrawal rate analysis? If you're like me, you've spent a lifetime saving for retirement, and now you want to make sure that it lasts. Few things are more important to the long-term success of your financial plan than choosing an appropriate withdrawal rate, and establishing that rate early on can make all the difference. The investment advisors at North Star Asset Management in Panther Valley can help you determine what withdrawal rate is right for you. They've been working with retirees in the area for the past 30 years. For more information, the number to call is 908 850 9991. 
That's 908-850-9991. Or find them on the web at nstarinvest.com. And now, back to Here's the Thing, a show that's all about you on WOLD. And your host, Lauren Cardinal, a board-certified hypnotist and results coach. If you'd like to speak to Lauren, you can call in at 732-748-1079. That's 732-748-1079. Let's get back to the show with your host, Lauren Cardinal. Okay, we're back. Thank you for joining me. This is Lauren Cardinal. On Here's the Thing, I'm board-certified hypnotist and results coach. Tonight we're talking about finding more comfort in the discomfort of conflict. And when we, before the break, I had just mentioned that there's no quality that we see in another that doesn't exist within ourselves. And if you spot it, you got it. And sometimes that's difficult to hear. But the important part is to know that it's really the behavior that's different and something to focus on because the way that the quality expresses itself is different. So it's not necessarily that you have this quality and you express it in the same way. We don't have to agree with the behavior to own the quality. An example for myself of a quality that I disowned as I grew older is lazy. I had such a judgment about lazy. I became somewhat of an overachiever and I just started doing things for myself, not waiting. I overcompensated for any possibility of lazy inside me, almost uh, hyper-responsible. There's a, someone that I've, I've heard speak, Dr. Mona Lisa Schultz, and she's funny, she says, um, a hyper-responsibility gene. And what ended up happening is that I was attracting people around me who didn't want to work. And I became triggered by what I was experiencing. I began doing my own work around this that allowed me to see and begin integrating that disowned quality in me. So the deal is that the goal is to be whole. And we want, we want to become whole by reclaiming these pieces of ourselves that we've cast out. And I had to do my own lazy. I had to locate that lazy inside of me. Now, when I talk about the behavior being different than the quality, lazy shows up very differently for me. It's easy for me to say that I'm not lazy because of the work that I do and and how much I'm working by applying lazy to working or not working. But my lazy is lying down on the couch some nights and binge watching two or three episodes of a favorite show of mine, particularly with my family. That's my lazy. And now I've come to a place where I can find more compassion for that. The place where that rejuvenates me, that's restful, that's enjoyment for me. That then has me more able to find compassion in those around me. I may not like the behavior, and I may not want to continually expose myself to it, but I can have more compassion for that, for lazy. Does that make sense? So whatever the quality is that's triggering you, you're being triggered because it's like an open port in your system for it to plug into. 
It's something unresolved in you. And it has nothing to do with the other person. Yeah, that's the most important piece of it. It has absolutely nothing to do with the other person. Oh, I know. I know that's hard to hear. I've experienced that. What? No way. But, but he's acting this way. And I'm experiencing this because of him or because of her. But it has nothing to do with the other person. It may be hard to hear. It may make you cringe. But with that is also the huge learning opportunity. And remember, with learning is growing. And if we're not growing, we're dying. So here, let's welcome the learning opportunity for that growth. I know how we love those character building experiences, right? But think about it. Where in your life have you been that quality that drives you crazy? Not in the way someone else behaves about it. That's behavior. But what's a way that you expressed that quality? You may have even passed it off as something else. What you could be resisting is exemplifying that quality in the way someone else is or someone else you know, maybe your father, your cousin, because it may be a pattern, something that you can identify with. So it's really being able to say, I am lazy, let's say, like my wife or my husband, or fill in the blank, because that's the origin. That's the resistance. The divide may have been building for a quality that's in you as well, because you may not want to own it. But once you own it in the way that it presents for you, remember, don't get hung up on the behavior. But once you own it for the way it presents for you, it will give you more compassion for the way it presents for another. And that's the freedom part of it. You may not like the behavior, but it will give you a deeper connection to the compassion. Make sense? And if you don't know how to own it, then we need examples. And it might be great for you to, say, write down a list of 10 ways, at least 10 ways, in which you express the quality that bothers you. Give examples of your own version of that quality. Because it's about the quality, not the behavior. The behavior may make you cringe, I get it, because there's something unresolved in you. Every single time we have that cringing, triggering, activation feeling, it's because something is unresolved in us. It's never about the other person. Everyone is simply holding up a mirror for us to see ourselves more clearly so we can evolve and learn and grow and release while still becoming whole. I often give the visual, and I don't know if it's helpful for you to close your eyes. It might not even be necessary to think of a closet full of electrical outlets, and you're in that closet. The door can be open or closed. It doesn't matter. The purpose is to notice what's around you 
and to think of the things that you've experienced that really create the electricity in you. What plugs you in and lights you up? And there will be good things and there will be negative things. It's important to pay attention to both. The negative things are where there are learning opportunities. So when something happens and you feel it in a certain place in your body, very likely the same place each time, because that's where your identification, that's where your awareness will come in. Those negative experiences are the learning opportunities. And it's interesting that I had an experience recently where something plugged me in. And because I felt it in my body in the same place, I was able to almost find humor in it. I got distance from it and thought, oh, isn't that interesting that I felt this feeling about that event? And it was enlightening for me. And as a result, I knew that there was work that I needed to do on that, which I did. So once you've put together your list of examples of your own version of that quality, what's important to do is find the gift of that quality. What do you get to do or have for yourself by acting your version of this quality? What's the upside of a quality? Because once you can find the upside or the gift in it, that's the way to own it, to bring it back into you. Because you're not experiencing it in the same behavior that bothers you. The quality is there. You can find the good things in it. And that's the way to bring it back into your life. You bring it back into your life, you release it. And then it's you're free. The experience isn't there to bother you, at least in the same way anymore. Now, when seeing this quality in some someone else, confrontation, conflict and boundaries, doesn't have to have the negative charge around them. They can be done with grace and love. It doesn't have to be a conflict necessarily. It can just be you setting a boundary. We've talked about it before to say along the lines of when this happens, I feel this. And in order to honor myself, I'm not going to participate or I need um, space or however that works for you. But when making such requests, it's also important to keep in mind not to say too much. Keep it simple. We don't need to explain. We don't need to make excuses. We don't need to go and rationalize and justify. All you need to say is what your needs are. And that's it. Because that's what it's about. Your feelings are your feelings. And as as it may seem to someone else that your feelings are not justified or silly, your feelings are your feelings. And you have every right to feel them. So there's no need to justify how you're feeling. There's no need to explain it or rationalize it. They are your feelings. And sometimes the conflict is about setting those boundaries. If you're saying yes out of a space of obligation or a space of fear of conflict 
or a fear of disappointing someone or a fear of being seen as not a nice person, the knee jerk is to say yes. But if you're not saying yes from a place of true desire, it's a no. In order to really free that yes, that yes, you must first find your no by setting boundaries. That means no longer abandoning yourself for the sake of another. And this is the way that we begin to really touch what we, what we want. So many times we put ourselves on the back burner. And I'm inviting you to do something that may be really uncomfortable. But it's in order to get more comfortable, to find that freedom, that confidence, to own your worthiness. Saying yes often seems like the easy way. But taking the easy way is actually always harder. Betraying ourselves and others often stems from making what we think is the easier choice in the moment, consciously or unconsciously, which almost always leads to making choices without integrity and might end up biting you in the end. So you may be delaying conflict, but when it comes to making the honest and truthful choice in the moment, so many of us feel the need to soften the blow. But when it's delayed, it'll often become bigger and more painful the longer that you put it off. So I want to support you by choosing honest over easy. Honest over easy. Not eggs. Honest. Choose honest instead of easy. And if we're avoiding conflict to keep the peace, we start a war within ourselves. We may be pushing down or swallowing our own desires in service to someone else's. And betraying yourself is too high a price to pay to avoid disappointing someone else because you're disappointing yourself in the end. We often overstep our own boundaries. We often violate ourselves when we're afraid of conflict. And when we're afraid of disappointing someone else. And when we're afraid of what the consequences might be. What we end up finding is that we actually end up making the choice, consciously or not, to disappoint ourselves instead of someone else. We end up putting someone else ahead of us even when it's violating our boundaries. I want to support you in standing firmly in your truth, even if it means disappointing someone else. And the conversation about no longer being willing to package ourselves to be more tolerable to others. So if you'd like to call in and get coaching on this topic about making your way through conflict, please reach out. 732-748-1079. If you're unable to get through, please reach out to me off the air, either through email, lauren at laurencardinal.com, or you can reach me on my website or directly at 973-418-2170. Conflict comes up frequently enough for us, and oftentimes without us even realizing that we're avoiding it, 
But once we become aware of it, then there's the opportunity to take the action. And if you're not used to taking that action, getting some coaching around that can really make a big difference. And it's important enough to take that action, to make those steps for yourself. Okay, what I'd like to do now is a visualization. Last week, we didn't get to do it. I think we ran out of time. But I'd like to take an opportunity to, to do the visualization. And we've done this before, but this visualization that I'm about to, to do with you is something that I feel like we could do every day because it's, it's important and it's viable. So if you're in a place where it's safe for you to close your eyes, I'd like to ask you to close your eyes and we're going to work through an issue in a fun and easy way. So take a nice deep breath, deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. Good. So we're going to work on a technique. And you can direct all your energy towards using it. It's a simple, simple technique. And to make it more interesting for you, just let yourself think of some minor problem in your day-to-day -day life. Some little thing that you just wished you could handle better than you do. Nothing earth-shattering. Maybe one of the smaller conflicts. I'll save the big important ones until you've had a little bit more practice, a little bit more experience. Just some little aggravation that you'd like to clear up and be able to handle more comfortably. And then as I describe the technique, you can apply it to that situation. And so getting a working understanding of it so that it'll be even more helpful for you. So the first thing to, to do when using this particular technique is to allow the problem to separate out into all of its component parts. You know, we often think of a problem as being just one thing, but it never is. It's always many things, many facets, many aspects, many points of view. Contributions from all kinds of sources. Old things, new things, important things and trivial things. And all of these components come together to create a situation that we think of as being a problem. So the first thing to do is to let them separate out again. And soon you find that they can be separated into three main groups. So in your mind's eye, set up three boxes. And the first box is labeled from other people. Into that box, you put all the parts of the problem that are brought to it by other people. Of course, it's often a temptation for us to think that the whole problem is brought by other people, but we know, and we know now, that's not true. It is true, however, that usually there are some parts of the problem that are brought to us by other people. And these are the parts that are put into the first box. The second box is labeled facts. And into that box, you put the things that are simply factual. For instance, if there's a deadline to meet, 
then the date of the deadline would go into the second box, perhaps also the fact that there is a deadline. But there may be something about the person who, is, who set the deadline that needs to go into the first box. And there may be something about your reaction to the deadline that needs to go into the third box, which of course is the box that we have for those parts of the problem that we bring to it ourselves. In this case, that you bring to it yourself. So label the third box with your own name. And into that box, put all the parts of the problem that you bring to it. Usually, these have to do with our reaction to things, the things that come up for us, perhaps the qualities, the fear and pain, pride, anger, vast past experience, hopes and needs, expectations, all those things we've talked about before, as well as the things that are special for you in this particular situation. They all go into the third box. Now, when you have all the parts of the problem separated out, and they're all in their appropriate boxes, you take the first box, the one that's labeled from other people, and you throw it away. You throw it away far away, as far as you can possibly throw it, because we can't change other people. They may change, of course, but they will be changed because of their needs and their motivations, not because of our demands, not to meet our specifications. Don't waste your time and energy on those parts of the problem that are brought to it by other people. Just throw that box away. Similarly, you take the second box, the one that's labeled facts, and you throw that one away too, even further than the first one, because we can't change the facts. The situation may change, yes, but that's different. Then you have a new set of facts. For now, these are the facts in this situation. They cannot be changed. Throw the box away. So if you take a look at your little aggravation now, you'll find that it has a different configuration. For one thing, it's smaller because you've just thrown two big chunks of it away. And for another, those parts that are left are the parts that you have a chance of doing something about. And you know yourself when you have a chance of doing something about it, that's a very different feeling than being in a situation in which you feel helpless. And so we come to the third box. Here you may wish to separate things out a little further. For instance, there may be some parts of the problem that you bring to it that you truly can't change. Perhaps your age, that might be a factor, if it were important in a situation or something that's already happened. Some people put these into the facts box, but many 
put them into the third box because they're so personal. If there are some such parts of the problem that you bring to it, but that you truly cannot change, that you couldn't change them no matter how much you wanted to, or even if you wanted to, put those into a separate little box and send them winging after the first two boxes. Because remember, you're going to conserve your time, your energy, and your resources for much more useful purposes than letting them fritter away on things you can't change. Secondly, and this is very important, there may be some parts of the problem that you bring to it that for some reason at this time you don't want to change. It doesn't even matter what the reasons are or how other people might label them. Some people do label things. They might label something as selfish or trivial, for instance. But these are just labels that belong to other people. And that's the sort of thing that can go into the very, very first box and get thrown away immediately. It matters only that you recognize them. This is the group that gets put away in a different place, somewhere accessible where you can take them out and reassess them whenever it's appropriate for you. And so, finally, you're left with, a very, with very few parts of the problem, maybe just one or two, that you bring to it and that you can and are willing to change, to look at, to learn from, to grow, to change. And this is where constructive problem solving always begins. Let yourself find, let yourself perceive some such small, small part of the problem. Just some little thing, some minor modification that you might make, for instance, or something that you might begin, or perhaps begin stopping. And at this stage, perhaps the smaller the better. And as you've found it and made your commitment to that first very small change, then you've begun the resolution of your problem. And one day soon, very soon, you may be surprised to find yourself thinking of this little situation and saying to yourself, well, that's not a problem at all. That's just a situation that I manage very well. And so you will. And so, I'd like you to take another nice deep breath in through your nose. Nice long exhale out through your mouth. And open your eyes whenever you're ready. Good. Now after that visualization, I'd like to ask you, what's the most self-honoring action that I can take today? What's the most self-loving choice I can make today? Is that the opportunity to divide the problem out into its separate parts? Is it an opportunity to recognize something that you love to do and doing that? Is it setting your boundaries? Is it dealing with that conflict? Identifying 
those qualities in yourself that you have. And remembering that the behavior may be different. And then certainly finding the gift in that quality that you have. Remember, if you spot it, you got it. There's learning. When we learn, we grow. And if we're not growing, we're dying. So, to wrap up the show, if you'd like to get more information on the Summer Slim Down Group Hypnosis Sessions that I'm doing in June, you can reach me at my email, lauren at laurencardinal.com, or you can call me directly, 973-418-2170. In closing, I like to finish with quotes. Do not kid yourself. A conflict is never about the surface issue. It's about one's unsaid, untreated, and unhealed wounds. And daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves, even when we risk disappointing others. I'd like to thank my sponsor, North Star Asset Management. I'd like to thank you for joining me tonight. Set your phone calendar alarm and tune in next week at 7 p.m. You don't want to miss the show. Until then, keep it light. Smile and enjoy. Good night. For those of you who are retired or close to it, have you taken the time to conduct a safe withdrawal rate analysis? If you're like me, you've spent a lifetime saving for retirement and now you want to make sure that it lasts. Few things are more important to the long-term success of your financial plan than choosing an appropriate withdrawal rate and establishing that rate early on can make all the difference. The investment advisors at North Star Asset Management in Panther Valley can help you determine what withdrawal rate is right for you. They've been working with retirees in the area for the past 30 years. For more information, the number to call is 908 850 9991. That's 908-850-9991. Or find them on the web at nstarinvest.com.